Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey guys, I'm Kaylee Shore and this is Too Much to Say. Okay, so before I even get started on this week's episode, I want to um, give a trigger warning. We're going to be discussing um, sexual assault and consent and the lines surrounding it, abuse, whatnot. So if that is not for you this week, that is totally fine. Absolutely understand. I will see you next week. Now, for those of you who are comfortable going on this ride, about as comfortable as one can be talking about sticky situations and subjects like this, um, here we go. So I wanted to discuss the idea of toxic feminism. Um, I think it's something that's permeated the cause. I think it's something that affects women um, and especially groups of women. And I see a lot of it on the internet and I've also felt a lot of it personally. And it is, in some situations, it can be just as detrimental to our cause as actual misogyny and, you know, um, supporting the patriarchy. It's, it's this particular type of feminism that involves things like hypocrisy or um, not inclusion, including minorities or virtue signaling or just, you know, muddying the cause and, and muddying the, you know, being a bad example of what a feminist is. Because the thing is, if you're fighting for a cause that not everybody's on board with, I think it's your responsibility to not be not feed into the stereotypes that the opposing side thinks you are. So if you're a feminist, don't be a fucking man hater. You know, misandry is a real thing. That's actually something that people confuse with feminism very often, as far as people, you know, on the opposing side who aren't feminists. Um, the Merriam Webster definition is simply the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of the equality of the sexes. That's it. That's literally it. And it is not saying there's also a quote by Tom Robbins, which I'm sure you could argue a lot of these things are like opinions I have. So don't take any of this as like, 
you know, I'm just trying to discuss something and, you know, I'm going to, this is kind of a hard topic to talk about. So just take everything I say with a little bit of a grain of salt, but there's a quote that may not apply to everything, but I do like it. And it's by Tom Robbins. And it basically says, equality is not treating different people equally. It's treating different people differently. And I think that's very accurate. Like the, the point is like by including, um, you know, like, like affirmative action, if you're talking about colleges making it a point to uh, admit more minority students, well, yeah, we have to do that because we're, we're correcting for the years of privilege that they don't have, you know, like two generations back, there's very few black people who went to Harvard. So you don't have those generations of, you know, that's how you get into schools like that, you know? So it's just correcting that. And that's, that's equality is trying to give these same opportunities by treating them differently than you're treating white people. So that's a little bit of a sidebar, but I like that quote. And I think it's, um, really applies to what my personal, you know, interpretation of feminism is. And feminism has done a lot. I think that it helps men just as much as it helps women. Um, there's a lot. When you talk about toxic masculinity, it's not immediately attacking men. It's not saying, you know, all men are bad and toxic and whatnot. It's just that our society has widely embraced this concept of masculinity that hurts men. It allows them or it forbids them from feeling it forbids them from expressing their emotions and even more. And like also on the topic of sexual assault, the way that we view the like men who are assaulted is so different than women. And it's really fucked up because men are victims of sexual assault too. And, you know, like, let's say, um, there's a, there's a TV show called a teacher on FX. And, um, it's about a high school student who like, has a quote unquote relationship with his teacher, but in retrospect, he realizes that he was like heavily groomed and sexually assaulted by her. And everybody in the show, when he goes to college and they like know who he is, cause they saw him in the news, they're like, Oh my God, he banged your teacher. And like, he's like, yeah. And then he's like, well, actually, you know, kind of, kind of was, was raped by her, but sure. You know? And like, it's just completely, he's not. And then even the teacher is like kind of fetishized by, men that she goes on dates with when she gets out of prison and really she's a pedophile. And so it's like toxic masculinity hurts men just as much as it hurts women because it's like, well, why wouldn't he want to have sex with her? That's like a conquest. That's whatever. And it's really sad because I know men who've been sexually assaulted and it fucks with them just as much as it does with women. However, we have a massive support system just by the nature of, of being around other women. But how many guys feel comfortable talking to their guy friends about that? Especially when their guy friends might just be like, Oh man, that's dope. (laughs) And and that's exactly what happened in the show. And it was a really accurate representation of something like that. So some of the specific types of toxic feminism that I've seen are, you know, I'm going to be talking about specifically some, some female friendships I've had in the past where, um, they have taken the side of the abuser. And that's something I have a very low tolerance for. Um, so I'm going to speak pretty strongly, but I'm mostly referring to like the experiences I've had with that. 
<laughs> and I think a lot of girls have. If you've been in a toxic relationship or an abusive one, both, usually both, um, and, you know, talking to other women and not being believed or having it kind of waved away, because that's the last place you expect that to happen. So if you confide in a friend and you tell them something about a guy and they're like, oh, really? Like, he's never been like that to me. It's it's the worst because you went there thinking it's a safe space. And But also in my experience, it's not the... The women I've seen do that are the same ones who wear the pussy hats and go to the, you know, women's march and have a blast and post all these Instagrams and like are constantly like going off on Twitter. I am someone who constantly goes off on Twitter. Okay. I'm not saying that that's like inherently a negative thing, but it's like, if you're going to do that, back it the fuck up, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's like the, the memes of like the girls holding hands and being like, her success is not your failure. And then meanwhile, you know, they turn around and they talk shit about everybody who's their competition. And it's like, just like pick one, either be shitty or don't be shitty. Like you can't, you can't instruct other people on how to be a feminist and try to like be a leader and talk about it like you know what you're talking about and then absolutely not practice what you preach. And truthfully, it comes off as really preachy. Like this particular type of person comes off as really preachy and patronizing and then they ha are absolutely not putting it into practice. So it's like, and if anybody knows them and they're, you know, again, on the opposing side, they're going to see that person and be like, well, you're not living like that. That's like so stupid. Feminism is bullshit. And then we're continually set back. Um, I think there's a lot of hypocrisy on like within toxic feminism, a lot of, um, Oh, for example. Okay. This is something that, that pissed me off when it happened, but, um, you know, there's the whole believe women movement and that was a result of me too. Um, I'm going to share some, some facts and figures because I think this is important. Um, when it comes to rape and sexual assault, people often immediately go to like the side of the skeptic being like, well, did that happen? Like, you know, what, what were the circumstances around it? Or like, I need, I need to know, like, you know, oh, I've never seen them be like that, whatever. And, you know, I've been guilty of that as well. And truthfully, I was a lot more guilty of being skeptical about people's stories before I was sexually assaulted. So after having that happen, I was like, oh, people don't bring, people don't make this up. They don't, they don't do that. And, um, it's actually like a fact. It's very, very few, very, very few false reports of rape occur. Um, they estimate the number to be between 2% and at max 10%, but the following studies have, are the most reliable, and this is what they say. So a multi-site study of eight U.S. communities, including 2,059 cases of sexual assault, found a 7.1% rate of false reports. A study of 136 sexual assault cases in Boston from 1998 to 2007 found a 5.9% rate of false reports. And using qualitative and quantitative, wow, big words, analysis, researchers studied 812 reports of sexual assault from 2000 to 2003 and found a 2.1% rate of false reports. And also another thing is how do you even 
prove it. That's that's the reason why I believe women became afraid is it's like you don't always have evidence. You know, I mean, the point is that it happened. You know, most rapes are just when you were alone with somebody. And, you know, that person's probably not going to be quick to confess. And even if they do, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, to be completely honest, guys, um, I pressed charges against somebody um, after that happened because I had heard that um, he was out there being really weird to other women. And you have a four-day window. This is my experience with reporting rape. Um, you have a four day window to decide if you want to press charges and to get your rape kit done. Um, I asked around after it happened to a couple of friends and have been like, Hey, um, have you ever heard anything about this guy? And they were like, Oh my God. Yeah. He did this super weird thing to my friend a couple of weeks ago, or like he was like stalking her or whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. So I don't necessarily want to do this, especially because, you know, um, if it goes to trial, it could end up in tabloids because of the nature of my job and my personal business could be everywhere. And I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't know if, you know, going to trial would, um, make me feel any better. The only thing that made me feel better was therapy and, you know, my close friendships and, you know, time. Um, but, I was like, I'm not going to let him get away with this shit, especially if he's out there doing it to other women. Um, but he confessed to it in a text message, um, the next day. And, um, oh, he also sent me flowers the next day. That was the most fucked up thing I think has ever happened to me. And there's a lot of fucked up things, but, um, the morning after it happened, he sent flowers to my fucking house. Like, Hey, sorry about the rape. And, um, he texted me and confessed. And so when I did my police report four days later, I had an incredibly invasive, um, rape kit done, which if you've had one done or you have heard about it on CSI or whatnot, it's like, you know, you just had something traumatic happen. And then all of a sudden everybody's poking around and it's like really, really awful. And like, no girl wants to fucking go through that. Why would you lie about it? You know? And, um, so I have all of this. I have, you know, there's, there's DNA evidence, there's a, a confession and it's been, been over two years and, um, nothing's come of it. I talked to the detective twice and it's literally in the report that there's like written evidence and like of a confession, which is just crazy. So like, that's how broken the system is. And think like, I have a confession and it hasn't even gone. Like it hasn't even progressed. They told me that I wasn't going to get my rape kit back for six months because that they were so backed up. And the only reason I reported was because I was like, this guy's out there right now doing shit like this. And the scariest thing for me is, you know, I've done my healing and I've, I've, you know, done therapy and I'm at a place where I'm comfortable talking about it now. I wasn't for a really long time, but the only reason I can do this episode is because I'm comfortable as comfortable as one can be talking about it. Um, but the thing that, that makes me the most upset now is like how many more girls has he done that to since I reported it? And that's the only reason I did it. I didn't do it for attention. Like people think, that women report it for. I didn't do it for money. Like people think women report it for. I didn't do it to 
sully his reputation like people think women do it for. I only did it to protect other women. And I was not very successful in that. So thank you to the Nashville Police Department. And um, yeah, it's really fucked up. Anyways, so all I can do is just, you know, but I also have warned girls I know who've hung out around this guy that, you know, to watch out. And um, I had told one of my friends because I was like, hey, I saw you with this guy on Instagram. Just wanted to give you a heads up, like whatever, because her and I had gotten really close. And she told me this story about something really fucking horrific he did to her that was really sketchy and it didn't necessarily go as far as my situation, but it's still awful. And I was just like, he's just out here just doing this and getting away with it. And it's incredibly frustrating. So all of that being said, false reports are so rare and they are so much closer. Like, and also like as far as inconsistencies in a victim statement, you're just, you've just been traumatized and it's really hard to remember. And a lot of times alcohol was involved, but like, you know, when something bad happened. And also the arguments made like, well, like maybe like she just regretted it after or like maybe it was just like a miscommunication or whatever. And coming from the like I've talked to so many of my friends about this, so this might not be everybody's experience, but every girl I've talked to that I'm close friends with, like if you have been sexually active in your 20s and you drink alcohol you have had a weird encounter where you've woken up the next morning and you've been like, wish I hadn't done that. That's fucking different. That is different than you saying no and no again and no again and then them doing it and you saying no and them not stopping. Those are different things. And the former can be kind of traumatizing as well. But like, it's different, you know, it's different. And, um, there's, you know, rape and sexual assault and sexual harassment is a giant spectrum, but you know, girls know the difference. They know when something's hostile and they know when something's just like messy, you know, just kind of awkward. Like, you know, the difference and and your body knows the difference. So it's like, nobody's lying about it. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers... Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. 
Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. So all of that being said, um, God, I'm drinking a seltzer water, but I'm going to need a glass of wine after this one. Um, all of that being said, women who don't believe other women are trash. And you don't have to take like everybody's fucking word for it at face value. You don't have to immediately like jump down a guy's throat. Like obviously there's still two to 10% of people who are lying, but the vast majority of women aren't. They aren't at all. And so especially if like one of your friends tells you, why would your friend fucking lie to you? Like, just do the math. Okay, there's a, there's at max a 10% chance they're lying to you. And if you're friends with somebody, you probably would know by then if they were a liar or not. So do the math there. And then the, it just goes down more and more. And so like, if you take the time to go to your friend and say like, Hey, like just wanted to warn you about this guy. Or you tell us, you're just telling a story. You're like, Hey, this happened to me. Like, how sad is this? And they're just like, wow, that's so weird. Like, he's just like never been that way around me. It's like, well, yeah. Have you ever been like drunk in his house with him alone? No. Okay, cool. That's why it hasn't fucking happened to you. And, um, especially that happened to me a lot after I, um, was physically abused by this guy that I was dating and I had some really fucking close friends, like my best friends on the planet, like matching tattoo best friends. And, um, actually there were three people present (laughs) when it happened. So there was no question that I was lying or not. Like they were there. They heard it happen from the other room. It was like, what, what more evidence do you need? And like, they still ended up choosing this guy. And that was a really hard thing for me to accept because I lost all these friends to the person who'd been most awful to me on the planet and I didn't understand it. And then what I didn't understand was them posting all these feminist memes during the Me Too movement and, and saying things like believe women. I'm like, well, 
you know, you're friends with a fucking abuser. Like, you hang out with them. What are you, what are you trying to say? And that's just, that's fucking toxic feminism. And, you know, oh my God, it's just, it's really hard. And so that's a, you know, virtue signaling. And maybe it comes from a place of guilt. Maybe they know that they've been awful to other women. And so they feel the need to like overcorrect it on social media. But I swear to God, if I have to see somebody like these women posting this shit, it's got big pick me girl, like pick me energy, like big pick me energy. And I don't know what it is. I did see somebody comment on my song, Amy, um, and say a quote that was like, abusers are just as good at manipulating their character witnesses as they are their victims. So, I mean, there's some people in that situation with my ex-boyfriend that I look at and I'm like, okay, you were most likely a victim of this too. Um, and that gives me a little bit more empathy, but like not really a whole lot, you know, but it's just so like, don't call yourself a feminist then, you know, like if you're going to be a pick me girl, don't call yourself a fucking feminist. And, um, I also had another situation where my friend was, um, started dating this guy and some really dark energy started to emit from him. And I started to recognize some patterns, uh, that I'd seen before. Uh, that's the hard thing is like when you go through some trauma and you suspect people of it moving forward, people will be like, well, you're just cynical. It's like, no, I'm not, I'm not looking for the worst in everybody. I just recognize the red flags a lot fucking faster because I have to, to protect myself. So I noticed some red flags and around that time that was happening, I heard a story about, um, this, this guy being involved in like a sexual assault situation. And, um, I had kind of drifted apart from this friend, but I told another friend, Hey, um, allegedly, I cannot stress how many times I use the word allegedly, but I was like, allegedly this guy did this. Just keep an eye out for, um, anything that you see happening. I don't really want to tell her. I don't think I need to involve myself, but I want someone to have this information in case things start to go south. And you know, like what he allegedly is capable of and whatnot. And like women without the whisper network, there's so many, like, that's the only way you can avoid this horrible shit is like the whisper network. And that's, that's women telling other women when somebody's sketchy or when somebody's a rapist, you know, like even if you just get a weird vibe from somebody and you went on a date with them and they said some fucked up shit to, you know, you actually were raped by them. That's, that's the whisper network is so necessary. So I will always reserve my right as a woman to tell another woman when I heard something bad like that. And like, could it be untrue? Yes. There's about a 2% chance that it's untrue. So, you know, and I use the word allegedly. So anyway, so I, I tell her this and I was like, just, you know, keep this in the back of your mind. If you, cause you're the only person around now who can recognize this behavior and, you know, keep her safe. Cause I can't now cause we're not friends. And, um, apparently it's just turned around and like told the guy and now like I, it's just crazy to me. And then these girls are the people who are on social media talking about me too, talking about believe women 
and all of this stuff. And it's like, okay, well, you can't just believe women when it's convenient for you. Like you can't just think rape is not a women's issue. Rape is not a women's issue. It's a men's issue. Women aren't doing anything wrong. It's the men who are doing it. And also, you know, women, let's say it's the abuser's problem. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not a victim's issue. It is an abuser's problem. And the abusers can be men and women. But just from not trying to make a sweeping generalization, but just from like a, you know, percentage standpoint, I believe that the percentage of um, perpetrators that are male is like in the 90s. It's like 91%. So just saying that, I don't want to, you know, I want to be careful with the language I use here, but you know, it's, uh, it's a men's issue and it's the thing we need to be teaching people isn't self-defense and like how to protect yourself and all of that. Like, I mean, obviously we have to, but we shouldn't be having to because we should be teaching men not to rape. And the only way you're going to get past that is if you acknowledge that you might know a fucking rapist. You might be friends with one. You might have dated one. Like these guys aren't just lurking in the corners like fucking creeps and, you know, waiting to rape a girl in an alley with a gun to her head. That's not what they're doing. They're charming and charismatic. I mean, hello, Ted Bundy, you know, and a lot of them are narcissists. And so they're really good at at being charming and winning people over. They have friends. They have sisters. They have girlfriends. They go to church. They're not these like masked figures that, you know, and you hear this all the time. Like when you hear guys talk about it and they're like, there's nobody worse than a fucking rapist. Like I'd fucking kill a guy, blah, blah, blah. And it's like the image that people have in their heads of a rapist is a guy in a ski mask with a gun. And it's simply not that. It's a guy in Chelsea boots and an Urban Outfitters sweater who bought you a glass of wine and then put something in it, you know, like that's what it is. And we need to acknowledge that. And so by knowing a guy and hearing these accusations and just because you're friends with him, you're like, oh, well, you know, I've never seen him be like that. Of course you haven't fucking seen him be like that. Of course you haven't. It's so upsetting. And like, that just sets that sets the whole thing back so far and you don't need to blindly believe people but i'm telling you from looking at the fucking statistics there's a two percent chance that this person is lying a two percent chance so 98 percent of you should believe them and you're not going to get evidence like i'm sorry there's no video of it if there was would you want to watch it no what the like you're not going to get the answers. Also, it's not the victim's responsibility to provide you with answers and describe to you what, you know, went down just anyway. So fucked up. So that's how I feel about that. <laughs> um, on to the next topic. Um, another side of toxic feminism is not including minorities, whether that's women of color or, you know, trans women. There's a lot of like that the term turf is trans exclusionary radical feminism I believe the R stands for radical but it's you know this like vagina power thing and it's like well you know maybe they don't have one but the truth is like there's a there's a scale of privilege here right at the end of the day like yes i'm a woman and i grew up poor and so i don't have wealthy privilege or male privilege but I'm still fucking white. 
I'm still white. I still have white privilege all the time. You know, nobody clutches their purse when I walk by them in a store. I've never not gotten a job because they looked at my last name and thought I sounded Latina. You know, it just have never happened. Nobody's assumed I was an illegal immigrant, which is a real joke because I'm actually both my parents are immigrants. So it's like, but I'm white. So nobody questions that. And so it's just absolutely insane when you see these white feminists and like the, this archetype of a toxic feminist that I'm painting is so many people I've seen. It's like all of these little symptoms I'm describing to you. It's like they all hold hands and come together to make this just giant archetype of a horrible woman. And so like not acknowledging that black women have it worse than we do is fucked up. Not acknowledging that Asian women have it worse than we do. There's so many things that happen in these minority communities that just simply would not happen to me because I'm white or at least have a way lesser chance of happening to me. Um, Native American women. I mean, the statistics surrounding rape and murder in Native American communities of women is baffling. And like trans women are, I believe, the, um, the highest percentage of likelihood to be murdered of anybody on the planet by like, you know, adjusting the numbers, considering that, you know, like, I think there's, I mean, obviously there's less trans people than there are cisgender people, obviously, but like adjusting it just by nature of existing. And I have, um, one trans friend and the thing about her is like, I have, um, trans friends who are trans men, meaning they are female to male. And then I have trans friends who are male to female. So for those of you who don't know, trans, the trans men means that they are ultimately now they're ultimately a man and then trans woman means they're ultimately now a woman. And so that's what you refer to them as. Um, but trans people are going to face like prejudice and, um, be harassed at just completely disproportionate rates. But trans women, not only do they have transphobia against them, they also have misogyny. And so it's like they're getting, treated so fucking bad and then black trans women are like i mean there's a the privilege scale and they're like at the bottom and it's so fucking sad and so if you're gonna make a cause or make a case for feminism and you're gonna post your memes and you're gonna use your hashtags and you're gonna reshare your stories and you know whatever you gotta include everybody because the patriarchy affects trans women too super like affects women of color. It's not just white girls. I mean, like compared to what a lot of my friends have gone, like have gone through that are minorities, like my life's been a walk in the park and my life has not been a fucking walk in the park, you know? And like, so it's just, it's absolutely insane to get on your soapbox and then leave out all the people who need to be protected the most. And it actually reminds me a whole fucking lot of the suffragette movement, not song suffragettes, but the getting women to vote because black women helped white women get the vote on the assumption and like, you know, agreement that women, white women would then, after they got the right to vote, help black women get the right to vote. And they didn't. They fucking didn't. Black women put in the work and did all of this shit just for somebody else to get the right to vote. Not every woman was allowed to vote when the suffragettes, you know, 
when that happened, which is only a hundred years ago, which is crazy. Cause that was not that fucking long ago for less than half of our country's history. Women have been able to vote. Like, let's just talk about that. And well, let's not, because I'll just go off on another tangent, but let's just let that one simmer. And so it's like, you have to lift these people up and you have to protect them. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. And people get so fucking annoyed when you like, I always hear this argument where it's like, Oh my God, people who menstruate, why can't we just say women? It's like, well, a lot of, a lot of, um, cisgender women don't menstruate because, um, I don't know, they're, they have menopause or they're like, you know, so it's like kind of weird to just use blanket statements. I mean, like, especially when it's like, I mean, I posted a picture one time several years ago on National Women's Day and it was like of ovaries wearing boxing gloves and, I think somebody said something to me about it and it wasn't in like an annoying way. Like they weren't, they were just like, you know, not all women have ovaries and yeah, some of them don't cause they weren't born with them because they were born male and some of them don't because they had surgeries. My, my, I think my mom gave birth to me with one ovary 
So it's just like, okay, yeah, maybe let's not use that as a symbol for what being a woman means, you know? And like, I understand that some people view that as semantics, but it's still like, just why, why, why do we need to co-opt that? And so I also think, um, a huge part of toxic feminism is refusing. And this is kind of a different, a different side of toxic feminism. I would say that this is, um, heading towards misandry, which again is misogyny, but towards men, hatred of men, um, not acknowledging men's suffering as a result of the patriarchy. Like I was talking about earlier, men being rape victims, um, they, they just don't get taken seriously and, and women don't get taken seriously. And so how seriously do you think men are taken? People like fucking laugh at them sometimes when they talk about this and think they're kidding. Like, and, and men not being able to express their emotion and a lot of the, you know, I mean, when you think about, think about like the asshole dudes that, you know, who are like constantly getting in bar fights and are like awful to their partners and stuff. And then think about their dads, if you know who their dads are and think about how their dads treated them. Like their fathers did their sons a disservice by perpetuating toxic masculinity. And then it's just a cycle that never ends. And like men are affected just as much by it. I think women are probably affected on a larger and worse scale, but like every man is affected by toxic masculinity and has things that he can't do or express or, you know, I mean, guys painting their nails and people calling them gay. Like, you know, it's just self-expression. Like what the fuck? You're just painting your nails. It's this hard surface on your body that you can decorate if you feel like it. Like it's like not that different than tattoos, just body decoration. Calm the fuck down. Um, but yeah, I think that the largest way that that comes into play is, um, you know, especially with sexual assault cases, um, that are reported by men. Um, and then another thing is not acknowledging the roles that women play. Like I said, like women holding back the cause by being a bad example of feminism and being a hypocrite or saying absurd things on the internet that are going to get people riled up and are just absolutely not what we need to be focusing on. I see that a lot as well. I'm like, really, that's what you're going to fucking worry about. Like you're going to make some of the, like, I don't want to go into it because I just don't want to argue with people on the internet anymore than I already do. But there's a lot of things that I see people freaking out about and going on long rants about how awful something is and um, how we need to fix that. And it's like, well, maybe we maybe we need to fix the pay gap first. Or like, maybe we need to fix the whole like trans women getting murdered thing first. Like maybe we could like discuss the usage of a word later after we fix the fact that people are dying. Like, let's do that first. And then we'll do all that, all of that. So it's like shit like that, I feel like holds us back because then people who oppose the cause can take one little thing that, some feminist somewhere said twist it and make that seem like that's our entire argument. And I think, I hope that all of y'all have an idea in your head of what I'm talking about, like an example, because I'm not saying one out loud because I just, again, don't want to fight, but, um, any more than I already do. So I think you have to ask yourself, and I wish that these women would ask themselves, why are you a feminist? 
Are you a feminist because social media tells you to be? Are you a feminist because you want to go to the women's march and wear a matching hat with everybody? Are you a feminist because, you know, your mom told you to be? Because you need to come up with your own reason for being a feminist. Mine is that I work in an industry where women are disproportionately discriminated against to the point where, and we have no HR system to back it up, but to the point where I once had a record label executive, one of the top ones at one of the top labels in Nashville say to my manager, Kaylee's a superstar, but I can't sign her because she's a woman. And imagine that happening at any other company. Imagine that happening on wall street. Someone saying out loud comfortably. And this also was another woman. Imagine somebody saying, you know, this person is the best fit for the job and they're incredible, but I can't hire them because they're a woman. That's a lawsuit in Nashville. That's called the industry. And so I grew up thinking that feminism was a bad thing. Um, I remember saying, I remember being the girl in high school who would be like, yeah, I just think don't really consider myself a feminist. Like, I just like, like guys, like what? Like I was big pick me girl energy, but I also went to a church where women weren't allowed to preach or get behind the pulpit or anything like that. And, um, neither one of my parents really reinforced sexist ideals, but I learned a lot from the church and from going to a private school where, you know, our outfits were policed and, um, just a lot of, you know, women belong at home with the children and are responsible for men's sexual sin. Like that was where I learned how to, you know, be a docile, well-behaved woman. And then I moved to Nashville and I was like, oh my God, this is really fucking bad. This is actual discrimination. And wow, nobody's exaggerating. It is actually awful. And so that was like what turned me into a feminist. And then also, you know, all the bad things that have happened to me, I just want them to happen to as few other women as possible. Um, and that's why I talk about this stuff. That's why I, you know, utilize the whisper network. That's why I press charges, no matter how unsuccessful that whole thing was. Um, who knows? I might get a call one day, but the fucking, oh my God, the detective was like, Hey, so like I went over to his house and, um, I called him a few times. He didn't answer, but I went over to the address that you gave me and he didn't answer. So, um, we're just waiting to get in touch. And I was like, what? You can't like send a letter. She's like, well, I like to, you know, just show up and like kind of, um, get their initial reaction because typically it's more successful when it comes to confessions. And I was like, okay, but we already have a confession. So why? And then I was like, well, what time did you go over there? She's like, um, like, 9 30 or 10 p.m and i was like of course he's not home he's out he's out fucking over some other woman you know like sorry that's how this guy spends his friday nights and um she was like well i only work the night shift so that's the only time i can go by i'm like so if you report your rape at night you get a detective who works at night and you get a detective that only works at night how fucking weird is that the system's broken and i just want to use my voice to share that um and try to help other women avoid these situations and help these men be held accountable because that was what was most frustrating about my sexual assault was he woke up the next day, sent me flowers, went about his day, and I woke up the next day on my birthday, actually. Um, it was my 25th birthday. Um, I woke up the, ne- the morning after to the flowers, and I... um 
was throwing up all day and just crying and like couldn't get out of bed. I didn't understand how physically it affects you um, when you've been assaulted. And it wasn't, it wasn't that I didn't believe women or I thought people were exaggerating. It's just that I had no concept how bad it was until it happened to me. And then I was like, I believe women. Nobody makes this up. This is not a fucking story that you want to make up. And if you do, oh yeah, I think maybe the most toxic kind of feminist is a woman who lies about being raped because you are just reinforcing, you're just giving people a reason. Like if those two to 10% of women who were lying didn't exist, we wouldn't have this fucking problem. So that takes the cake for the worst kind of toxic feminist. Anyways, this was a long, heavy episode, but I, you know, I choose the topics based on what I'm most upset about. And this was what I was most upset about this week. So we'll lighten it up next week. But thank you guys so much for listening. If you made it through this episode, it's a heavy one. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, if you guys want to text me, I have this awesome app where I can text back. It's So my number is 615-492-3926. Also, my Twitter DMs are open. My Instagram DMs are open. Sometimes it's hard for me to keep up with. But if you need somebody to talk to, I am as here as I possibly can be. Um, but there's lots of places you can reach out to for help. And I've put um, some organizations in the description. If any of you are dealing with this, you're not alone. And um, I'm sending you all of my love. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Kaylee Shore, and this is Too Much to Say. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.